Good morning, High Point. Good morning, uh, Church Online. And good morning, uh, East Campus and Carville Campus. My name is Randy Odom, and I serve as an elder here. And uh, I am excited to be here this morning for many reasons. Number one, it is the last time we will be in this space in 2020. I'm excited because I had a great Christmas. I'm excited because we're going to look at uh, one of the most incredible passages of scripture that I think uh, is which one of my favorites. And we're going to talk about, uh, and this series is on union with God, union with Christ, how Jesus, because of the gospel, allowed us, showed us a way, is the way for us to be unified with God. But we're going to look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21, and we're going to look at uh, his reconciliation, how Jesus reconciles us with the Father, and we're also going to look at what he calls us to do now that we are reconciled. Um, man, this year has been a crazy year. Many people, I mean, you think of it now, everyone has these, masks. Man, a year ago, we didn't have these. You couldn't buy these like you can now, and we weren't wearing them everywhere. Many things have changed in this year. Um, have you heard somebody say, you know, I'll be glad when 2020 is over and 2021 begins? Man, I've said that. I've, I've heard people say that. But as we think about this year in retrospect, a couple things. Um, number one, God is in control of everything. He is either God of all or not God at all. And so COVID, the things we see, the racial turmoil, the situations we see in the world know that God in his sovereignty has allowed those things to happen. We look at these things, and when we look at this scripture, we're going to focus on the resurrection, but it's important for us to notice some things. Number one, it's this year I felt sadness. I felt, um, man, mourning. I had one of my best friends, his mom passed away. He, I knew her since I was like in kindergarten. She was one of the first people in Texas to pass away of COVID. Man, that, I mourn that. Um, I've, I've had friends who are, who are sick. I've, I've seen folks lost jobs. I've been thankful that I still have a job. Um, I've, I've felt sorrow, sickness, pain, like many of you, many of us. But on the other hand, I've, I've also felt great joy. I've seen God's hand of provision in my life. Um, because of COVID and being uh, working from home, I got to spend more time with my family than I ever had. Uh, you talk to them, my 15-year-old my son will probably say, well, I, that probably wasn't uh, something to be thankful for. <laughs> He's at that age now where I go in his room, dad, get out of my room. Like, and I, in my mind, I'm trying to reconcile that. Well, this is my house and then your room. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but I've, I've been thankful. I've experienced joy. So listen to me. And if you're watching online, wrap your mind around this. It is possible for us to feel extreme pain and at the same time feel joy and peace. And Jesus Christ, I know those are, that's, that's weird, but, but Jesus Christ, if we look on the cross, he is the perfect example of this. To many, the cross is salvation, it's hope, it's peace, it's joy. But to those who don't know Christ, it's wrath. To Jesus, it was, he, he paid a price for us, but he went through great pain to give us joy. And so when we look at this year, I, I want to look at it from God's point of view. I mean, we just had a bomb go off in Nashville. 
There's things happening in this world that make us step back and go, oh, what's going on? But I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is the same today as he's ever been. Nothing is a surprise to him, and he is faithful, and we can place our trust in him, and he will help us in this time of need. And if you look, if we adjust our paradigm, our vision, and when I say vision, I really... I'm just telling you, people who know me, they know I can't see anything without glasses. And when I say adjust our vision to his point of view, I pray this morning that we take off our glasses and we put on his lenses and we're able to see 2020 the way he sees it. And then we want to look forward and see 2021 as he sees it. And so I want to do a quick review. For you guys who haven't been here, who haven't, who haven't, maybe you missed a couple of of the earlier uh, uh, pastors teaching. Will opened up, Pastor Will opened up, in my opinion of this, of this series, with one of the most important phrases to ever be spoken. That's the phrase, in Christ. To mankind, that phrase, in Christ, is probably the most important phrase you will ever hear. In Christ. He talked about, in Christ, Christian appears in the Bible three times. In Christ, over 160 times. But what words do we wear out? Christian. And it's interesting to know Christian was only used by enemies of Christ. When they persecuted someone who was a Christ follower, they would say, look, this person acts like Jesus. He acts like a little Christ, a Christian. And so the the words in Christ, that's how we frame up our, our being unified with God. We're either in Adam, Romans 5, or we're in Christ. And and Will asked us to think of our salvation in a positional way, in Christ. Parker came with Philippians 3. In Philippians 3, Paul said, everything I've done, if you had a list you could check off that you did for Christ, Paul says, I've exceeded whatever list you could think of, been there, done that better than you ever could. Memorize the Torah by the time he was a teen. That's like memorizing the whole Old Testament by the time you're 12. He says, everything that you think you could do for Christ, I've already done better. And it's all as rubbish, dung, or or to use the word, yeah, dung, I better be safe. I don't want to say another word. Uh, he, 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 He says, all of that is like dung compared to me knowing Christ and being found in him. And then, and then uh, Drew came through with John 15, one of, my, one of the, my favorite chapter in the Bible. Why? Because John 15 unpacks for us not only the words in Christ, but it talks about how Jesus is the true vine and his father is the vine dresser. And in John 15, that whole chapter shows us what do you have in Christ that you did not have before when you were in Adam? You have a new position in Christ. You have a new possession, the Holy Spirit in you. You have a new, a, new, uh, a new position, a new possession, and you have a new purpose, to abide. You abide in the vine. You keep the contact intact. And then you have a new product, bear fruit. That's what John 15 talks about, and that's what Drew walked us through. And then Parker came last week. He talked about the gospel in, in Ephesians 1. The gospel is about what Jesus has done. And it's about our obedience. Yes, Jesus 
bring, when you see salvation in the Bible, it's a present participle verb. Jesus does all the action. We receive it. Well, what is our part? Our part is obedience. Our part is obedience. And so Parker talked about the gospel, what Jesus has done, and our obedience in that. Now, today, we're going to talk about two things. And we're going we're gonna to spend some time on we're called to be reconcilers, agents of reconciliation. Why? Because Jesus reconciled us to God. And in our culture today, that word has been used so much, especially going through this last year with, with you see the racial uh, turmoil, not only in America, but in other countries. People started to see this. And, and that word reconcile has, has, been, has been used many, many times. We're going to unpack what does it mean according to God's word. And then he calls us, Jesus calls us to be ambassadors. Why? Because God has appointed us as ambassadors. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I started studying this, this passage a week ago, I became really convicted. And I shared this in the first service. Um, and today, this morning, I, I felt really inadequate to share this passage with you. Now, how many of you have ever faced something that you just feel like you're inadequate? Maybe I'm the only one. If you're in your living room and you're watching me on Church at Home, somebody raise your hand. Yes, there's two of us in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like that. Because as we get into this, God just convicted me. Randy, you, you, you are an ambassador for so many other things instead of me. And, and so we're going we're gonna to unpack that. But I, I can promise you this. Jesus is sufficient in my inadequacy. And he is sufficient in whatever area you know and think you're inadequate in, he is sufficient. And I'll go so far as to say sufficiency, being enough, is only found in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. So if you have your phone, if you're watching at home, it's going to go on the screen. If you have your Bible, follow me as we read this scripture. And I would ask if you're here, if you're at home, let's stand in respect for God's word, because it's not my word we're going to read. It's the word of God from the holy scriptures. And so let's read this together. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We love that verse. The, praise God. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen. Amen. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. Lord, forgive the sins of, of me, of, of the speaker, Lord. 
They are many. I pray today, God, that I will walk in your forgiveness and I can communicate your word effectively. Lord, we ask you to be here with us and be with those who are watching online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys can be seated. Now, we're just going to walk through this verse, and we're just going to unpack what the writer is saying. The first point I want to look at is, you know, Paul says, all things are God's. He wants the Corinthian Christians, the Corinthian Christ followers, the Corinthian church to know that everything he's writing are of God. They're, are, they're of God, they're not of man. The things that he has in these two chapters, in these two books, they're not of man. The work of a new creation and our eternity, our destiny, are works of God. Not something we have to earn or achieve. That's freeing. That's freeing. But he's saying everything we're about to, you're about to read is of God, not of, not of yourself. It's not about me. It's about him. So the word reconcile. Now, if you're married and you're watching me on the app online or you're here, East Memphis, Carville, you're married, you know this word. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> if you've been married for five minutes, you've probably been in an argument and you got to reconcile. You got to reconcile. Now, some of you might be in business and you might know reconcile as, I mean, we got to reconcile these bank statements. We got to reconcile these bills. Now, in my house, my wife, she's, she, she makes that flow. If it was up to me, it, it'd be rocky trying to reconcile that. But she, she's gifted in that. But we, we said and we reconcile. The word reconcile means to change, it's the word katalasso, the Greek word katalasso, to reconcile or exchange to an exact point. When two parties reconcile, katalasso means they are coming to the same position. Coming to the same position. I, I mean, but, but let's, let's just, let's settle here for a little bit. You hear it all the time. When it comes to salvation, we don't bring anything to the table. That is true in the actual sa salvation part, okay? But we do bring something to the table because you can't reconcile one thing. Has to be two. What do we bring to the table? What does Randy bring to the table when it comes to reconciliation? I bring my sinfulness. I bring my sinful nature. I bring guilt, shame. I, I bring in Adam to the equation. Jesus brings righteousness, holiness, peace, joy, patience. And, and he exchanged that on the cross. That's deep. We're going to unpack that. But, but catalasso means to exchange. And this is what blew my mind. It means to exchange things, and now once they're exchanged, they become of equivalent value. So when Jesus did the work of reconciliation on the cross, Ephesians 1, I became the richness of his glorious inheritance. See, Jesus paid a price for me. That means I'm worth something. Apart from him, I'm worth nothing. But in him, I'm worth something. He reconciled us to himself, verse 18, through Jesus Christ. You see, God initiated this ministry of reconciliation. I didn't, I, we, didn't, we didn't initiate that. 
When somebody says, I found Jesus, no, you didn't. He wasn't lost. He found you. He called your name. And it says, it says, God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus. So God and Jesus worked together on the cross. Jesus was the agent of reconciliation so that we might be in Christ, reconciled to God. Verse 18 says, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? That sounds heavy. He wants me to do what? We're going to look at that. You see, God expects us to take up the ministry of reconciliation. And that means he, as we get into it, he wants us to be an ambassador of his the same reconciliation that he allowed and made possible for us, I want to be a person who brings that with me wherever I go. How does he do this? Reconciliation comes by the word of God. God uses his own word to reconcile men and women to himself. So guess what? As a Christ follower, we need to know God's word. Now, Today, if I say something that you go, Randy, I don't agree with that, look in your word, because I'm, 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 it is possible that I'm going to make an error. <laughs> it's very possible. But I challenge you, go to your word, dig for yourself, find it for yourself, and then send me an email, and we can talk about it. But in this passage, in this portion of scripture, it's important to know that, yes, I don't bring anything to the equation, but I have to be obedient. That's my responsibility. Obedience. What is God calling me to do? Well, I think today in our culture, one of the biggest issues I see is biblical illiteracy. How do we know what God's calling us to do if we don't read his word? Have you ever been, have you ever said, man, I can't memorize God's word because it's hard for me to memorize. I've said that. But you know what? I can, turn my, I can turn my playlist on my phone and I can tell you all those songs that are on my phone. And I was convicted this week, man. You know these songs, but you don't know this word. I was convicted. So as agents of reconciliation, we must know God's word. So this passage says in verse 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Jesus went to the cross and, and we, the suffering that he endured was horrific, the physical suffering. But the physical suffering was not what he was talking about when he said, let this cup pass from me. He was talking about the spiritual suffering that he would endure. You see, in this passage, Paul is very careful. He does not say that Jesus became a sinner. He says Jesus became sin. There's a difference. I'm a sinner. I have a sinful nature. Sin lives in me. Jesus was not a sinner. He became sin. He bore the weight of the sins on him, but the sin did not originate in his person, in his, in his spirit, because he was sinless. But he became sin. That was the cup. On the cross, Jesus became an enemy of God who was judged for the sins that he became. You see, the cross wasn't just an easy way out. It wasn't, as I've heard when I was younger, fire insurance. No, 
You see, the sin of Adam and the sin of the world demanded justice, and it had to be satisfied, no excuses. So there had to be a sacrifice. Jesus was that sacrifice. That's why in verse 19 it says, not counting their trespasses to them. You see, he didn't count our trespasses, Jesus didn't count our trespasses to us because he became my trespasses, my sins. Verse 19, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. It's repeated here. Reconciliation is not just repeated here. It's used six times in the New Testament. And we're going to get to that. But it's repeated here. Verse 19, he's entrusting me. Jesus is entrusting me. Now, I love, I love this word because there's times when you trust other people with things that you have. And we've talked about being a steward is taking care of somebody else's stuff. How many of you ever let somebody borrow your car? You let somebody borrow your car? I've let somebody borrow my car before. What I don't like to hear is when I borrow somebody's car, they say, hey, don't wreck it. Like I was, that was like number two on my list was to wreck your car before I brought it back to you. I don't like that. But when we trust somebody with something, it, it means something. We want, what we, we want what we entrust them with to come back to us. Or we want a better example. When you go to the bank and your check clears direct deposit, you're entrusting that that money's in there. Because you want to return on that. Well, God's, God and Jesus are no different. They want to return on what they've entrusted us with, what they've entrusted me with. And that's what we're going to talk about when we talk about being ambassadors. But, but, but let's sit here for a minute. I, I, I don't want to skip over this point. In verse 21, when it says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Just think about this. Jesus was not a sinner even on the cross. The father treated him as if he were a sinner. He became sin for me. He became sin for you. He became the thing that separated us from God. He became that thing which he hates. He became sin to draw us back to him. That's powerful. That's the gospel. That's amazing. As Will would say, come on, church. Like, that's real. That's not make-believe. That's not some fairy tale Disneyland stuff. That's real. Jesus became sin so that we might know him. And it's all throughout the Bible. You see, you see this word reconcile. It's used in Romans 5.10. If we were enemies, let us be reconciled to God. Again in five, Romans 5.10, let us be reconciled, being saved by his life. 1 Corinthians 7. This is reconciliation when it talks about married. Let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19, and 20. You see reconcile used three times throughout all this chapter. All things are God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus. Was in Christ in verse 19, reconciling the world to himself. Verse 20, 520. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. Make no mistake. It is clear. If you remember anything I say today, remember this. It is clear we are reconciled to God through Jesus. 
and Jesus entrusts us, me, Randy Odom, with the ministry of the reconciliation of the gospel. This is a result of our union with God through Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. How does that work? How, how are we agents of reconciliation? I'm glad you asked. That's why in this chapter you see the word ambassador. Ambassador in verse 20. Ambassador is the word to seer. It's an envoy or a messenger, but it's much more than that. You see, it's, it means that we represent Jesus. It is, it, we are representing his kingdom. We are representing his desires. We are representing his agenda. I think of it like this. Being an ambassador means Christ in us, as us, through us, to others around us. I'll say it again. Christ in us, as us, through us, to others around us. So a few years ago, I was on a trip in Africa, and this is my passport, okay? This is, yeah, this is my passport. It's got a ton of stamps in it, and and I, w- we were, I was with a group of men, and we were on a, tr- on a mission trip, and we were going from Ghana into Togo for a few days and then going back to Ghana. And we'd been traveling probably about nine, 18, 19 hours. We got there. We're going in, in crossing the border at night. It's dark. It's probably maybe t- 11 or 12 at night. Uh, we've been traveling for two days straight to get there from the States. Um, and we got to this checkpoint, and, and so it's myself and some other friends and the guards were going through checking our passports, checking our visas, and one of the guys, because he had been in so many countries, they flagged his passport. And so I'm standing there, I'm looking around, and I'm seeing guards got guns. Um, Now, the group I was with, seven or eight of them were were from Memphis, and they they were all, man, strong brothers in Christ, but they were all white, and they stuck out like a sore thumb. And it was myself and two other guys, two other close friends. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching them go through my, my, my mentor's passport. And, and immediately I got my phone and I, 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 I kept it on my phone. I've been out of the country enough times to know. Had the number of the American embassy, had the name and number of the ambassador. And I'm sitting there just with my phone going, all right. And, and why do I tell you this story? Because when I was going through some drama, some uncertainty, not knowing what was going on, and it was dark at night, I needed the name and number of that ambassador. Whatever went down, I was going to find that embassy and that ambassador. And it's the same for us. If you look at our culture today, you look at our world today, there is no greater time that we are needed to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. There is no other way to hope. There is no other way to truth. There is no other way to peace. Only through Jesus. And Jesus chooses to work in us, as us, through us, to others around us, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, praise God. And so, as he works with us, what does that look like? There are three things. And that, that, that when I think about being an ambassador for Christ, three things that, that I want to leave you with. 
So write these down if you, if you have an opportunity. We are ambassadors of, ambassadors of salvation, helping those who don't know Jesus get to know him. Acts 1.8. We share the good news. We sow the seed. We are ambassadors of salvation. Sanctification, helping those who do know Jesus grow to know him more, know him intimately, and do what he did. Intimate, into me see. See, if you say, if you sit here today, or you're listening to me today, and you say, I know Jesus, then, then I would say, that's great. Are you doing what he did? Are you making disciples? Are you loving people? Are you an ambassador in salvation, sanctification, and the service? The third one is service or generosity, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, doing good for the least of these, because we're all least of these. Micah 6.8. You see, COVID exposed a lot of these things. I've been in ministry for over 30 years here in Memphis most of the time. I didn't know that there were 95,000 children within Shelby County that are uh, that are deprived of food and they don't know if they're going to have two square meals in a row. I didn't know that until COVID hit and many ministries and organizations started feeding people in the city because there was a need. You see, if you look back on 2020 and you think it's all bad, you need to adjust your paradigm because God was working all through it. We're called to be Christ ambassadors. Now, one reason I'm talking about, this is the last sermon before we, before we enter into 2021, and I, wanna, I just want to say this. Christ works in us despite us. <laughs> he works in us despite us, okay? Um, Jesus isn't really concerned with, with the size of a thing or the number of a thing. He's concerned with the quality and the quantity. First Samuel 16, 7, man looks at the outward appearance, but God knows your heart. Randy, why do you say God's not concerned with the number of a thing or how big a thing is? Because when he allowed COVID to happen, he took care of a lot of that. March Madness, gone. NBA games, gone. Mega Church Sunday, gone. Small Church Sunday, gone. I mean, he, 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 he changed everything. I just find it fascinating. Find it fascinating. And so as you say, as you think about being an ambassador and you, you ask yourself, well, what does that mean for me? And most of us, if you're like me, you'll go, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can, because Jesus said you could, and he's going to empower you to do that. You see, every Christ follower is a full-time ambassador. All of us have a special location, a geography. We have an opportunity, an opportunity to be faithful to him and use what we're given, no matter the size. You see, we all have a home, a family, people that we have in our circles, whether we work with. We, we have a group of people that we live life with, and our homes are our embassies to those around us. In Matthew 10, 16, it says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the middle of wolves, so be wise as servants and innocent as doves. As an ambassador, we are representing 
the country that sent us, the king that sent us, not our own agenda. And that's what I was convicted on. Many times I become an ambassador of my own self. I said earlier I was in ministry for, I mean, about 25 years. In ministry, it is very possible to become an ambassador of the ministry rather than an ambassador of Jesus. And I've been there. (laughs) And that's what convicted me. You know, as an ambassador, the ambassador in Togo doesn't live in the United States. They live in Togo, right? If I'm an ambassador from America and I'm an ambassador to Togo, I don't live here. I live in Togo. But Togo is is not my, it's a stopover country. I don't reside there permanently. Well, this life we live, if you know Christ, it's a stopover. It's a stopover. It's It's not our end destination. It's not where we're going to be forever. It's only temporary. You see, the Bible's clear. It says in James, God has prepared us and equipped us to do good works. Good works for what? Good works that it might glorify Jesus. That's why he set it up like this, to glorify his name. Not my name. As an ambassador, we need to represent the value and the culture of the sending country. We're called to represent the values and culture of the king. No ambassador is on their own agenda. No ambassador just does what they want. They represent the king. Listen to me. If you're watching today or you're here at High Point East and you've had a hard year, remember, that's okay. Jesus still believes in you, trusts you, and wants you to be an ambassador for him because he loves you. Man, that's huge. I love that. And the ambassador is paid by the sending country, not the host country. Paid, what do you mean? We get paid? Yeah, we get paid. When I, the end result, when I get to heaven, read Revelation, I'm going to throw some crowns down at Jesus' feet. I don't know about you, but my crowns ain't going to be little two or three crowns. I'm trying to have a dump truck backed up to Jesus' feet and throw a whole bunch of crowns on his feet. Why? Because so, so many times I'm guilty of giving so little to the one who gave so much. But you know how else we get paid? Man, I get paid by the men that I disciple because they make my life rich. I get paid by watching my son do Bible study at home. It makes my life rich. I get paid spiritually. God blesses me when I'm obedient to him, even when I'm fearful. That's not a prosperity gospel. He's a good God. And the word says, He will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. As long as we're on his agenda, not my own or not your own. So as you read this, you're asking, what does this look like? How can I be an ambassador? What does that mean? I would hope that as you go into 2021, that you will remember that Jesus came and he lifted you up from a place of shame to a place of honor in Christ with him. 
And he, in his word says, has given you and me the ministry of reconciliation so we can do the same in his name. Verse 21 says that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Ephesians 1, 15 through 18, the glorious inheritance of his riches in Christ. You see, what Jesus is saying in these verses is, yes, I got rich when I got Jesus, but Jesus is saying he got rich when he got me. Whoa. That's crazy. As Will would say, come on, church. Man, if that doesn't get you excited and give you a vision for 2021, then you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe. Because that changes everything. So I'm going to share a story as we, as we round third and go for home. We talked about reconciliation. We are given the ministry of reconciliation. We are called to be ambassadors, appointed by him to be ambassadors. All right? An ambassador is not a part-time job. It's full-time. But one of the best models I know of this in my life is my wife. And I'm not just saying that. And people who know us, they know, yeah, man, number one, she married you. And number two, you know, they know her. And so my wife, Calandria, when we got married 17 years ago, she, before we got married, she played college basketball. I played basketball. We had this vision of, man, we're going to be playing ball a couple times a week, one-on-one. It's going to be awesome. And we're, but she got sick, myasthenia gravis, 15 years of just, I'm talking about, there's been times when she went to the emergency room, we didn't know if she was gonna make it. There's times in the ambulance, she thought, man, it's my time. 15 years of just hard sickness. About four years ago, um, she had a blood clot and, and she had, it was two in the morning, she had to go to the hospital. And we've been there before. Wake up, ambulance comes, she's in the ambulance. And I'm just thinking, Lord, this is the time. Well, the guys in the ambulance, they, I, they were just, she can't breathe, and they're asking her to talk to her, talk to them. And I'm, I'm trying not to lose it because I felt like they, were, they weren't doing what they needed to do. Um, and she's in the ambulance, and she's, she passes out, and my son is in, in the house. And it just so happened to be the first day of school. So I go back in the house, wake up, man, get dressed. Mommy had to go to the hospital. I got to take you with me. We go down to the hospital. She wakes up in the ER. She said, man, I thought it was my time. God said, no, it ain't your time. Praise God. And then she went into the hospital for about two weeks. And I can say over these 17, 15 years, I've never seen her complain. She might complain, but she don't do it to me. And we're in the hospital, and, and we had friends coming, and they're praying, and they're, 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 they write letters with scripture, and I see this guy come in to, to run some tests and do some stuff, and, and a friend came to pray with Kalandra, and they're praying, and I'm watching this guy watch her. He's doing his test. He's doing his stuff, but he's listening to what they're saying. And then she had a card that somebody wrote, had written her, and it had a lot of scriptures, and she's reading it out loud. I'm like, what you doing reading out? And then it hit me. She's reading it out loud so this brother can hear it. Well... He leaves. He, I'm looking at him. He's nervous. He leaves. I'm thinking something happened. The next day, I see him in the elevator. God moment. I get in the elevator. I didn't really remember him. He said, Mr. Odom, 
I said, yes, sir. He said, I was in your, your wife's room yesterday. And he starts going off, about, going off about how awesome she is and how she had a great attitude and how she, she was, I'm just sitting there listening. And then he said, he started crying. Tears started running down his face. And he said, I'm new in this country. He said, but about five years ago, I tried to kill myself. He said, where's your wife Joy come from? I said, oh, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. That's, that is being an ambassador, wherever you are. And we, ain't, we don't do it perfect, Lord knows. But like my football coach used to say back in sixth grade, Randy, if you don't know what to do, hit somebody. Make a mistake doing something. Well, we're going to make some mistakes in 2020. Let's make some mistakes being an ambassador for Christ and let him take care of all the rest. And you look. My wife's my hero, but I'll tell you, she ain't no different than anybody here. God is calling us to do this, and the time is now. There is no other time. And y'all, there is no other way. There is no other way. Jesus is depending on us because he set it up like that. So, I encourage you, Live and act like an ambassador, and let's be found faithful to the cause of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that your word is true. Father God, if someone is here within the sound of my voice, watching online, Lord, and they don't know you, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would work in their heart and they would come to know you. Father God, we are in need of your gospel. We are thankful that you, Jesus, reconciled us to the Father and that you have called us to be ambassadors for your name. Lord, we love you and we need you. Please, Father God, be with those who are in need, hurting. Bring peace to those who have none. God, we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.